Welcome, everyone, to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano, and today I'm really excited to be back on this podcast. I know that I've kind of been a little backtracked for the last couple of two weeks, but I'm glad to finally be back. And I'm going to try and definitely be more consistent now with these shows because I'm starting to book more guests here on. Major shout out to my friend Jessica Lopez for designing the new 209 Journey podcast logos. They are amazing. I can't wait to print them out in stickers and be able to give them away to anyone who wants one. They're really great. If you haven't seen that logo yet, go check it out on social media or by the time that you listen to this, it'll probably already be updated on your favorite podcast platform. But the logo turned out amazing. Just exactly what I had actually envisioned for this podcast. So yeah, thank you so much, Jessica. Really great stuff. And if you guys are trying to find someone who can do graphic design for you, whether you have a business or you just have a side project that you want to have a logo created for, let me know and I'll put you in contact with her. So feel free to contact me on social media at The 209 Journey on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll make that happen. Of course, if you do have a guest that you'd like to see on the show, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, please also send me a message on there and we'll try to get you on here as well. Before I introduce our special guest tonight, I do want to say thank you so much to everyone who takes the time out of their day to listen to the podcast. So tonight, I'd like to introduce our special guest. Uh, it's the first time that we have a comedian here, and I'm really excited because I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, and I, I'm actually trying to get more comedians here from the 209 on the show and all that so we can highlight their stories and maybe even serve as inspiration to other potential comedians who want to be a comedian and are from our area. He's been doing comedy since 2009. He was a finalist at the Big Sky and San Francisco International Comedy Competition. Uh, he shares my same belief that we have the best taco trucks here in the area. And he actually just had a show at the Gallo Center last weekend. Anthony K. Welcome, Anthony. How's it going, man? What's up, man? It's going good. Really glad that you're on. And I, I got to say, I actually found out about you after I saw a Facebook ad that the Gallo Center put up, right, for that uh, show that you just had last weekend. and. That's really awesome. I mean, just the fact that you were at the Gallo Center, it's it's really cool. And we'll, we'll get to talking more about venues, and, and I do want to definitely know more about that one. But uh, I want to get started with something that I, I like to ask uh, the guests that show up here on the show. Uh, tell me more about what it was for you to, you know, just grow up here in the 209. This is amazing because it's you get that small town feel, but you're nice and close to the Bay Area, so you can still go and be next to a major metropolitan city so you still get that feel I, I talk about it a lot i'll say this growing up here gets you ready for the rest of the country's racial like racial things out here because like people think that the central valley is like san francisco or los angeles and it's just not it's 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 more it's more like the midwest is it you know so you get a mix of all of that i still i think it's one of the coolest places I, I think it's I think it's the coolest place in California for sure. Oh yeah, I mean we're centrally located, right? You're you're closer to basically anything, right? And you're not right. paying what other places are paying for. So 
Yeah. Well, I mean, t- t- clock's ticket, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's only a matter of time, right? With all the construction going on and, uh, and all that. These, these white techies want all the land. They want <laughs> it all. <laughs> Pretty soon, we're not going to have any almond orchards. We're not going to have any agriculture or everything. They're just going to grow everything indoors, right? I mean, they'll for be a- sure get rid of the almond fields because we already hate them because how much water they consume. Everybody hates almond. You talk to anyone that's not making money off nut, the <laughs> nut game they they're they're like yeah get those things out of here oh yeah but supposedly the stat is like we we supply like over 50 percent of the world's almonds out of this area alone so you know i can't really get rid of them all but yeah they definitely would love to and just make this an extension of the bay area so I got to say, um, you know, growing up here in the Valley and, and being a comedian, can you tell me more about how it was just being a comedian and, and where you got that interest in pursuing that as, as a career? Okay, there's two parts of that. My interest in stand-up, I mean, I never thought about it pursuing it as a career till later, but, uh, but like, <clears throat> I started watching stand-up when I was like little, like little kid, like before I was 10, I was watching like... Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock, you know, like uh, even when I was like, once I started getting like, yeah, like 12 years old, 30, I used to really get into it. And that's when like, you know, Dave Chappelle's and things like that were starting to come around a little bit. So I, I just love stand up. I love seeing somebody be able to talk freely in front of an eye. I mean, I thought that was the craziest thing ever that someone could just cuss and be like, and just say anything they wanted and just be funny and just, you know, and it's just a crazy concept as a kid it blew my mind. Um, so I had the interest then, but then like coming up out here. So all my, all my friends, everybody growing up knew I was a stand-up fan just that I, cause I would, I was the guy who like when a stand-up special would come out, like when I was like 15, I would invite friends over like, dude, what do we got to see this? This is crazy or whatever. So people knew. So I had a friend who, when we hit 21, he would go drinking at this bar in downtown called, um, heroes it used to be called heroes sports bar and grill are you familiar yeah i remember i remember him okay so it was there and he he was drinking there and he there was an open mic one day and so he just just in passing had just mentioned me. he was like dude he was like there's like these stand-up comics like in town and there's 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 like this mic you can you can hit here where i drink and they let anybody go up and at first, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to disrespect the artist stand-ups. I just went there to drink. I just thought it was cool that that was happening in town because just nobody, you know, you don't know where to start with stuff like that. Like, you don't, I don't know. For me, watching it on TV, I never thought, like, especially in the Modesto area, I didn't think that there was like, oh, you're just somewhere you could go up and try to tell jokes. I just never heard of that. So, uh, yeah, I just went and then we would drink there and watch the comics and they were hella funny. And then the guy who was putting the open mic on, like we would talk afterwards just while we were drinking. And he was like, he's like, man, you should try stand up. And a couple of my friends were like, you, you should try stand up for sure. And I was like, mm, nah. And then I waited like two weeks and then I, uh, and then I went again and I was like, no, you, you should try it. And then I, so he's like, just write five minutes. So I just wrote five minutes. And then I told some friends and it ended up like 40 people come like ended up showing up to watch me. Yeah. So I ended up just doing a set there and then I just fell in love with it, man. I just really liked, it was just like a cool experience. And also 
the first time I ever did stand up the same night, I had like a bunch of friends and family there and a drunk lady, a drunk heckler got into an argument with one of my friends who poured a milkshake on her head. And then, and then the drunk lady and her friends started arguing with my friends and drunk lady with ice cream all over her head decided to try to sucker punch my mom while my mom was in the middle of Yeah, I know he's here. Wow. And I ended up my first and only time in my life ever hitting a woman. I, yeah, the lady tried to hit my mom. I freaked out. I was 21 years old. I, wow. <laughs> well, I never seen nothing like that. I never seen anybody. I never seen a stranger hit my mom before. You know what I mean? I've seen like my aunts hit my mom, but that's different. You know, <laughs> <laughs> wow. that was my experience. Wow. And that's it. Just like, just like, see, that's the thing. People, people like kind of talk down about this area. They talk about how rough it is. It's hard for me to not agree with them when my first time on stage doing comedy. <laughs> and plenty more. I have a lot of stories like that, not with my mom or me hitting with, but just like fights at venues a lot. Like, yeah. So it was real rowdy. Wow. Um, that's rough. That's rough after a show, right? Who would who would think that would even happen, right? But the, it, not it was after my set, but it was in the middle of the show, like because the show was still going. I just did my five minutes like early on, you know, I was like second up or something. There were more comics, and it yeah, it happened in the middle of the show. So and did they just a... stop the show, or what happened after? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they when drinks started flying and people started getting punched. Yeah, no, definitely not the show. <laughs> And the funniest part was like two days later, I had like what was, or not two, but like maybe a week later, I had a, I had like what was considered like a regular show, not an open mic night, like, you know, a show where people like paid to come see and they had me come do my five minutes or whatever. And one of the guys that was on the show that night where that fight happened, he was on that show with me and he introduced me and he was like, I watched this last guy punch a lady in the face at the bar. (laughs) He's like, give it up for Anthony K. That was my intro. <laughs> and explain myself. Well, being that it was in a comedy show, I mean, people were probably like, oh, yeah, he's just, you know, he's just saying that just to say stuff. Right. But I was not me. I'm, I'm, I'm six weeks into comedy or whatever. Like, I'm like new in stand up. So this guy's just saying crazy to the crowd. Like, hey, wait a minute. No, guys, hold on. Let's put this in context. I don't, I don't just go around hitting women. Before we get to like more stories and all that, like I, I'm really curious because I've never actually spoken to a uh, comedian and, and whatnot. But I got a like a two part question here, but I'll, I'll give you the first part. Um, uh, what do you usually do to like prepare for shows? Like what, what's usually your routine to get ready for that? Like, say, for instance, you know, now that you did Gallo and when you do more shows like that, where you're like the main person on stage. How do you prepare for those? And, you know, what walk us through like what that process is like when you're trying to get ready for those shows. Nowadays, it's like I got to make sure I get eight hours of sleep. I get plenty of water. I get my morning workout in. Um, you know, I just feel good that day. I got to. That's really my only preparation. And as far as like what, what it is that you're going to say on stage, like it, does it just like do you have like a usual routine you do at shows or? Like, how do you plan? Like, what what's the you know first thing I'm gonna say? What's the last thing I'm gonna end with? You know, and, and all that. How do you figure out the order and exactly how do you transition from one thing to the other? How does that work? 
Right. So I'll I'll definitely have like um, depending on the show. So if I'm the main act and I'm going to do let's say 45 minutes to an hour, I base what I what I like to do personally is I know my 15 up front, and I know the 15 I'm going to close with. The in between I leave open for me to bomb, and hopefully the other two 15s are good enough that they 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 balance out the show. I can bring it back or you know, um, and that's kind of that's how i do it some people some people write i and i comics tell me all the time not to tell people this because it just makes you look unprofessional but i i really don't write i don't i i don't i don't i don't do that i just kind of remember the rhythm and the jokes that when they're working from when i try them out and then i just remember those in my head and i know the time of them just just from doing it so much i i can i know the difference like i know what jokes i can do within a five minute span when you're doing five minute spots when you're doing you know i can just time it out in my head and i know like okay i'll do these two jokes that'll last about you know three minutes four minutes and okay i'll do it like that and then i just go so basically like in the middle you like improvise or you kind of like pinpoint something or someone in the crowd or you point at someone (laughs) right no i try not to mess with the audience too much oh okay Uh, i try not to but i mean the thing is is that my comedy scene is is very conversational so even though i'm not like engaging them it just i i'm the kind of comic that people just engage with because it's just the way that i'm talking or you know i don't know they they just feel like they have to (laughs) so i end up them for a little bit but yeah, so I pretty much know what I'm going to say. Plus, after, I mean, I started in 2009. So like, sometimes there's even older jokes I can pull out of nowhere that I haven't done in a long time that might fit a situation that I'm in. If I'm in some bar in Brentwood or something, you know, and something happens to happen that leads from a joke from eight years ago, I might just pull it out and do that too. That's it. Yeah. That's how I do it personally. I mean, some, I don't know. Every, every comic's different though. I, I want to talk about something that. You know, I I feel like anyone who maybe is thinking about being a comedian might fear, right? And and that's you know going to a show, giving a joke, and not really hearing any laughs, right? Or hearing just like one laugh or two, and and all that. Did you ever experience that? And and what was what's like your way to combat that when when you had to go through that? Like, what did you do just like to move forward and make it seem like you weren't even done with your joke yet? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean. You're going to, well, first of all, the the thing I would tell any comic is that you're never going to not bomb. Like, you're always going to bomb, no matter what. Like, Jerry Seinfeld bombs or Chris Rock bombs. Like, they'll tell you, even at this time, like, they, they, they try stuff that doesn't work. So, uh, for me personally, I, I, I mean, I bombed plenty. I bombed like two weeks ago. I was at, I was at the punchline and, uh, in san francisco on a thursday night doing a show and it was easily like top 10 bombs of my whole career of doing stand-up it was vicious just just dead stares just just uh, it was it was dismissive that's what it was just completely uninterested in my existence (laughs) and it was so funny i had a great time but they just hated me with all their heart um but that happens and like you have to just be like who cares like i'm gonna if you know you're gonna keep doing stand-up and you're not gonna stop anyway it's just a night 
you know and and me personally growing up out here i and i've told copies this like i've had a gun pulled on me in my life you know i've i've had right i've seen like some scary shit in my life telling a joke and it not working is like the least of my concern like that does it like because i know there's the literally the only effect of that is that people don't think i'm funny and i don't really that doesn't bother me so, so, so how did you like uh like move forward like did you were you able to make them laugh after that right. like after it, that it, one it, or... i think if you can acknowledge it too that mm-hmm. the crowd understands you know you go to your next joke but you can acknowledge like oh that sucked you know or i'm not funny at all that wasn't funny at all so you could like and and that'll usually get the crowd to kind of come back on your side because they're like okay well at least he's at least he's at least the person in the comic is self-aware <laughs> you know there's not just a you know a psychopath up there just <laughs> oh yeah <sweet. laughs> you know like you, you so if you if your joke doesn't work you just kind of keep going luckily yeah. people people like when you make fun of yourself and i mean you gotta gotta do it if it, <laughs> you have to that happens wow wow yeah i i well hey that, that that's good that you're strong enough right to say like hey just keep moving forward because you probably know people right that it can really get to them and maybe even some people are probably just done right they they probably have just been like you know what i'm i'm I done a, i have watched a comic mid-set just go nope and put the mic right back in the stand and just walk off i've I've seen that happen yeah that's i mean some people yeah i can't take that i sometimes thrive in it sometimes i create the bomb sometimes i've done that before where like if an audience because i don't I, i don't blame the audience generally i don't like to blame but if an audience is particularly bad i will like uh i will make sure that they feel as uncomfortable as i feel (laughs) Hmm. you know so that they understand like it's just like you can't (laughs) i don't know it's just like it turns into and that comes from years of doing like and i still do i was like bar shows and stuff where people are sometimes combative oh yeah especially if you're if you're not being funny or even if they don't think of you if you are being funny and they're being but they're just they want to go at you because they feel like you know, they feel like they're in their town, their place. They can say what they want to you or whatever. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's uh interesting. Yeah, that, <laughs> that he would do that. I feel like I, I would just stay on stage, just finish your thing, and then just go. But to just leave midway, I don't know. Well, that, I think that just yeah, makes I've you look worse. That. <laughs> I've never done that personally, but I've seen comics do it. I've seen it multiple times. It's crazy, but yeah. it, you know. Wow. Have have you ever seen people just like throw food at them or throw like just oh yeah I've anything right fries. just throw- <laughs> seen French fries thrown at comics I want I seen ice throw when I was doing a show at a comedy club called Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento a lady in the front row threw rock candy at me <laughs> you oh. know like the the hard candy like that you know looks like a little crystal rock candy you get at like tourist places yeah she threw it at me. And it hit me in the stomach or like the thigh or something, and it fell on the ground. And I kicked it at her, and it hit her. <laughs> I could tell by your face, Louise. I know we don't know each other too well, but you're like, this. What type of, what type of comedian is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm hearing all the stories that you don't normally hear from comedians, right? Because they've all gone through those things too, right? And and I've never famous. gone through one. They're but, famous. Uh, yeah. That's why, and they don't ever talk about it because they don't want to live it ever again. I'm still living it. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm like, I, I want to hear, you know, like Fluffy. Fluffy is actually one of my favorites uh, out there too. I'm like, hey, I want to, I want to hear you actually say, because I'm sure he's, <laughs> he's gone through a lot of those, but maybe we'll, oh. don't want to admit it. <laughs> he, oh yeah, no, he's got, I bet he has horror stories. <laughs> I bet he's got some crazy ones. Oh, well, yeah, that's, uh, that, well, it, it's good that, you know, you, you haven't had something too bad since when you started, right? That pretty much set the bar. So it couldn't really get any worse than that, you know? Yeah. Th- did your mom ever go to another comedy show after that? Or <laughs> was she like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. I, I, I don't want to. You know yeah. Like pretty much. Yeah. She pretty much stopped coming. But she, I mean, like, no, she comes to my, like, the show, like the Gallo Center for the Art show. Mm-hmm. Like she'll come to that, you know? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a little more orderly. I mean, you'll, you'll talk right now about what happened, but it's a little bit better, right? Than, uh, than a bar at least. Right. Right. It's not a bar. My mom can. Yeah. Well, right. well, yeah, that's, that's cool. Well, my other part of the question that I was going to ask you, so how does it usually work when uh, you get booked to a venue? Uh, do you usually like seek venues? Do they call you up or is it usually like a mixture of both? How, how does that work? Yeah, it's a mixture of both, but mostly they, Con- the majority of it is them contacting me so over the years like so comedy clubs will book me i mean you're like in a rotation so the comedy clubs whenever they want to use me they'll just message me and give me weekend you know work and then like i'll say yeah or no if i can and then yeah venues or other comedians will contact me for shows they you know they run shows around ta- around california or other states so they'll They'll hire me to do stuff like that. And that's basically it. You just kind of, and it's just over the years, I've accumulated it, you know, just doing so many shows and going so many different places, doing a lot of different festivals, things like that. And and how is it like, like when you're starting out? Because I feel like when you're starting out, you're probably proactively, right? Looking for places, asking for a spot. And then I guess just networking, right? Is, is how you get to other places. Right. And honestly, like if you'll do it for free, comic they'll book you fast because if you just if you're if if you're willing to make because the thing is you're green you don't really have that many jokes you're not that polished you know stuff like that you're you're new so i mean the odds of a comedy show saying hey we'll give you you know a like some good money to do comedy is low like they may give you some gas money and that's it you know maybe and you could go do five minutes but if you'll do it for free a lot there's a lot of shows i mean there's they'll they'll put you on you know and then open mics are free so if you just start going to those whenever you want you know there's other comics there that sometimes book shows and stuff like that so yeah you start meeting people networking with people at shows and then you just keep going so early on for me i would just go anywhere any and i still do, like pretty much now it's for the right price i'll go pretty much anywhere but when i started it was i'll go anywhere it doesn't matter for free for eight dollars for i don't care just (laughs) like just just tell me where it is and i'll go oh isn't it it's so funny right how like (laughs) you start off one way now you're like you know this is this is where uh i'm at too and uh you know it's good right because it's worth all that free time or all that like low pay time and then eventually you get better paying ones and you know it, it works out good and, and you get a name for yourself right and uh, i think with social media and all that people are able to share more of your content right you're able to share more of yours and 
you know, I, I, I can't imagine, right. Like 30, 40 years ago, it was much different for comedians to, when they were starting out to, to get your word out there. Right. You basically had to try and get a, uh, a good gig at a big venue. Right. <laughs> right. And the only difference was back then there were, which is what we're getting to now, but it's slowly still coming. But um, back in like the eighties, the comedy clubs, like if you, for instance, if you got into the improv, you know, the San Jose improv, the hot, whatever, if you got into the improv as a comedian, you could work like 30 club dates because they had a chain across the whole, right? So they would get you to work like, okay, you got a good 10 minutes. Okay, we're going to, you're going to work, you know, 35 weeks a year doing these shows because they were just so connected like that. Whereas now it's more independent and the way it is like, like everybody has shows and there's a lot of comedy clubs, but they're not connected. So, so to get work, right. You have to get either social media or, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. It's still old school. Like me, I'm old school. The comics, like the pure, the comic purists, they don't like social media. (laughs) They don't like, they don't like the comics. Like they don't like, you know, like doing sketches and all that stuff, even though people do it and they are really good and they're very funny. Like I watch them. I laugh and (laughs) love that stuff. But when I think about me going on social media every day, going, (laughs) going, Hey guys, it makes me sick to my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) And there's just, I don't know what that is. I don't, but so. I mean, I, I, I'm still like word of mouth comic. That's me. Yeah. And, and I think that's good because I mean, the, the people who do that, I, I, I can't imagine like how you do that when you're not really looking at anyone, right? You don't have an audience. You're just looking at your phone. You're just recording yourself and <laughs> you can't yeah. even see anyone, right? Yeah. And just like, yeah. I mean, I know it's the way to do it, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm a comic and like, people have to experience me in a live comedy setting to, to understand. Yeah, that, that's true. Or you could also say, I mean, you're a central Valley comedian, right? So you're, right. <laughs> you're playing it off that way. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You're, you're like, there's a reason why I, I didn't stay in San Jose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to really deal with technology. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to deal with none of them. Uh, well, yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. I mean, that, that really goes to explain why, so many comedians made it big, right? Because I, I've heard of a lot of them that, you know, went through different improvs, like you're mentioning. And, you know, if that's how they did it before, then they, they got lucky, right? They didn't have to go through too much of a struggle to kind of do it on their own because they had the networking basically just built into that improv and, and all that. Well, that's, I mean, that's one aspect. I don't want to do, I don't want to completely diminish that because you know what they didn't have that we have is GPS. I can, I don't understand how those comics would get to a gig in the middle of the country with no directions besides like having to use a map or, you know what I'm saying? Like that blows my mind. Yeah. Like, so that had to have been super tough because to hit the road, like, you know, you're doing like some gig in some small town in Idaho. And you're only making, you know, a couple hundred bucks and you have to get there. Like, at least for us, it's super easy. We just throw it in the GPS. I can at least know, I know exactly how many miles and how much time is going to take me by car. Exactly. And they, you know, so it was hard for them too. It's just, I don't know, different struggles. We have different struggles than the eighties, like the eighties comics. Yeah. Although at the same time, it did give them more uh, comedy bits, right? I mean, 
think of all the stories you could tell, like, oh, me getting lost, me, I, I came across this, or <laughs> I right. was trying to find your little town. I couldn't even find you guys. Like, we're, I was looking through yeah. the map. I, I couldn't even find you guys. I, I'm lucky I'm here tonight. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, there's different things uh, definitely back then and, and that, that we have now that we didn't have then and, and all that. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, everyone goes through their own struggles in, in the comedy world but you know you got to get through a struggle right i mean just with anything in life right you got to struggle to to make it to where you want to get to so yeah so i i want to talk more about some of those memorable comedy moments i know you mentioned some earlier and 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 whatnot but you know let, let's go through like what, what was uh like the biggest venue you performed at today well what was that and how was that like to perform at, at that venue the biggest venue I performed at was the Luther Burbank Center in Santa Rosa. Um, it seats like 1,600 people. And I did it sold out. Uh, and it was the crazy. It was like for a comedy competition. There's, a, there's like an old, there's a competition that's been running out of the Bay Area for 40 years. It's called the San Francisco International Comedy Competition. And that's one of the nights, one of the nights they do it at the Luther Burbank Center in Santa Rosa. And that was the, that was the biggest venue I'd ever played. Um, and the second one was actually at the Gallo Center for the Arts because I opened for another comic and that thing seats, I think, 1,300. And I played that one sold out because there's two theaters in the Gallo Center. There's that one. There's a smaller theater, which is the one I was in this past week. Um, the 440 seat room. That's what I was in. But uh, yeah, so the biggest venue was the Luther Burbank Center, 1,600 people. Wow. And how was it like, right? I mean, going from different venues that you didn't see a lot of people, how how did it feel like being in a place where you got yeah. so much eyes looking at you? <laughs> it's, yeah, that was the first time I could feel a laugh. Like, <laughs> like, it, you, like when they'd all laugh at once, it would hit you. This is just such a big venue. I mean, yeah. Um, it was cool. And it was also, for me, it was really sentimental because that theater particularly was the last venue that George Carlin played before he passed away. It was where he, he filmed his last special before he died. And so for me, it was like, it, it, it just, I mean, it, it just, to feel, just to know that I stood in the same stage as Carlin that filmed his last special there was just like, it was special to me because he's like one of my favorite stand-up comedians of all time. So I don't know if you ever heard of George Carlin before, but. I, I don't think I have, no, but like you said, he's, he's a big time comedian and he, he was there. I mean, well, people would, people would, people like in the comedy world, if you, if you, they would consider the two, the two greatest standups that ever existed in the comedy game are George Carlin and Richard Pryor. And you could flip that order, whatever you, you know, either prior, you know, but those are the two. And I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of comedians, but Carlin is one of those guys. And I was watching him as a kid and like Carlin is a guy who, yeah, if you ever get a chance, man, watch George Carlin. Yeah. yeah. Very good. But I got to play the same theater of his last special. And like, it was just, it was just a crazy thing for me. I got to see his poster. It was like, yeah, it was amazing. Oh well, yeah, that's that's cool. It's gotta be surreal to like yeah. to see that because I'm sure I mean when you were younger, you probably saw saw him on TV, but at that same venue, and you probably never imagined like, yeah, one day I'm gonna be right there and 
in front of the same 1600 seat room you know it's crazy oh yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it goes to show you right it's like man never never give up always try to make it there and, and you'll, you'll get to whatever venue you want to be at uh, as a comedian right um how was it like entering that competition like was uh, how do those work in general because i'm not too sure on like structure and, and all that right so this well they're all different like all the festivals and competitions they all have their own because it's really hard to judge stand-up it's such a subjective i mean I, like most art it's subjective like you can't you know so what's funny to you may not be funny to me and vice versa you know so yeah so basically like comics from all overs i don't know they say there's like hundreds of entries basically and then they narrow it down to i think it's maybe like 32 comedians and they split it up into two weeks so 16 comics on one week 16 comics in another week right and you do five shows you like your group of 16 comedians does five shows and then they pick 10 out of those 16 to move on to the semifinals and they pick 10 out of the other groups. Now it's down to 20 comedians. And then you do another string of five shows or whatever it is, something like that. It's, it's, it's a lot of comics competing. And then you get down to the, so you're competing for three weeks, five shows each week. So three weeks narrows down the last five comics last week. And then winner, winner gets, uh, the first place is like 5,000. And then you get to like, get some, shows that are, you know you go back through and do like a winter tour type thing so that that's what i entered the competition i i did it the last time i did it it's like 2018 or 17 something like that i made it to the finals i ended up taking third overall but that's all and, and you're and you're with comedians from all over the world i mean some are i mean it's usually just like canada but <laughs> like they'll come in some from the uk every now and then but yeah so it'll just be random random comics so it's cool because you get to see the different styles and then how they work in california you know so i know you're saying i mean that it's kind of tough to just judge it but how is it that they really judge it how do you really advance like what do they have like a laughing meter or something how loud was the venue or <laughs> They definitely take into account how big of the laughs you're getting, but they also they've been watching comedy for forty plus years. So they so they they one is on original originality based on them. They're I mean again what they describe as original, um, and then it's based on uh, let's see oh, oh like stage presence, likability, um, you know things like that. Um, some people laughs per minute, even like. <laughs> things things like that but um it's kind of again subjective because there's like three judges you don't really know who they are there's a couple that you'll know and the rest are kind of random and so it depends on that person's humor what they like you know when they see you but the rule is in a comedy comp you know competition whatever i mean you you know who the funniest in the room is like you know when the show you know when you watch the show everybody knows i mean the crowd knows the comics know you can feel it i mean you know when somebody got the best laughs or the one who was getting it the most consistently through so yeah i mean they just judge it on those things kind of just also just a little bit of just watching you can, oh, you, can yeah, that, you know when someone does good yeah yeah when especially i, I mean i guess if, if the other ones aren't as great as that one right then <laughs> right. then there's that and, and all that wow yeah that's 
it's got to be tough though i think even as a judge i'd feel like you know like you said it's more like like what makes you laugh might not make laugh like might not be funny to the next person but you might be like wait no that was really funny so i'm like yeah right and that's the thing is sometimes the joke could be amazingly crafted but it was told unfunny so the joke is really good it's well written it makes sense it's very funny the crowd just didn't react because the person just didn't the person telling it just didn't get them to you know whatever but it's still a good joke right so you're also kind of judging on that kind of stuff that's kind of a weird thing to that's it and then they just yeah they just judge you each night they judge you because you're doing five nights so in this competition particularly they just take the average of your five or the average of four nights they drop your least your lowest score so hmm. basically you get one night to bomb if you bomb you know the rest of the nights they average and that's your score oh well well that's good i mean you they they give you some room to to just bomb it and <laughs> be like uh, i just don't work like there one there's one night you have to do a show in front of like a retirement home and you can't cuss like you can't say, you can't even say the word hell like you can't you can't do any of that and so that's like for me is a tough room because i just i'm not i'm not a clean comic i cuss it, it it happens like i i just know like oh, i'm not gonna do good there <laughs> that's gonna be a bad night <laughs> i don't have to make it up those other nights i i gotta say since we also mentioned a little bit about the the gallo art center and a lot of the people listening right now are really well familiar with it i i've been to it like just a couple of times already um and i know you've been actually there before as well right this wasn't your first time uh, last weekend so yeah. tell me more about what it's like to you know perform in one of the bigger venues here in the area and you know just be able to be in the place that you live at and and do some comedy in front of like family friend members and not have to hopefully deal with too much craziness like you did when you first started <laughs> yeah i mean this past show i mean people had to get removed from the show because they were being too loud and drunk so security had to tell them to leave in the middle of the show <laughs> Not during my set, but during the opener sets. So, so it's still rowdy. It's still Vanesto, and I think that's more just the crowd I attract. I mean, I don't think it's always like that at the Gallo Center. It might just be me. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it feels amazing. First of all, that's a venue I was looking at when I started in 2009, when I was doing the Fat Cat Music House and Lounge, and I'm looking at it across the street. Like one day, I'm gonna headline that place for sure. Like I, I, I knew it then. Like, I'm going to. There's no way. I'm going to have to pack that place out. So it feels amazing to do it. Like, every time. It still feels. And they treat me so nice over there. Like, they, you know, they treat me like a star. And they don't have to. Because, boy, am I the furthest thing from it. But, you know, like, yeah. So it's a dope venue, man. It's all state of the art. It's all still, like, new. And just the, and the, and honestly, I have to say, and I know I'm biased, but the crowds are amazing. Like the audience in Modesto that comes out to see, like they're incredible. They love comedy. There's no line too far. There's no none of that. Like all that stuff you hear about in the cold and comedy and all, it's not like it just doesn't exist when you're in Modesto and you're just having fun, you know. Um, so yeah. It's just a cool experience and it's cool to be able to do it like as a guy like myself with no, you know, I have no TV major TV 
credits or I'm not any type of fan or nothing like that, but it feels good to be in that room. Yeah, that's awesome that you know you you had that dream of being there and you knew you were gonna get there eventually, right? <laughs> Starting yeah. off with the fat cat. I remember the fat cat and I, I know it, it was you basically just go outside, right? And you actually were able to stare down, right? To the Gallo Center, right? If I remember uh-huh. correctly, it was yeah. right there. It's right there, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that, that's your oh, life oh. there, man, right? You went from one to the other and you were staring at your future, literally. <laughs> I know. And what a and what a and what an upgrade. Yeah, no, that that's great that they treat you know everyone like a star there because I mean it, it looks looks like a really nice venue and you know just just going there, you feel like you have to dress up, right? Just stepping there, no matter what it, what it is that you're watching, you could be watching something that's not even really that formal, but yeah, you feel like they like they want you right to do that, and it just feels like so professional, right? You're like I'm right. I'm in the valley, but I feel like I'm somewhere else right now. I'm like. <laughs> And I'm over here in jeans and an old black shirt. <laughs> but yes, I mean, it does make you feel it, and it is it is nice. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful venue, man. I love it. I, I mean, there's no better venue to play in town as far as, I mean, if you want a big room like that, there's no other room you could do that in. That feels like that, even because... Even the even the small room, which the one I was in, it seats four hundred forty people. I think it is something like that. It still feels tight. Like there are there. It's they they designed it so well that that many. It sounds like a lot of people, but it feels nice and compact, which is what you want in comedy. You want it to feel, and when it starts to get real big, it's still cool and it's a great time and all that. But comedy at its core is like it. You know, you you're you're very close to the crowd. It's supposed to feel, I don't know. Have you ever been to a comedy club before? They're very compact. Yeah, yeah. L- less low, people, low, not, not too low much. Ceilings. Low ceilings. Just feels almost like you're in a basement. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's probably like dark, right? There's not that right, much light, dark. lighting and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't been to one, but I've, I've wanted to, though. Like the punchline, I've I've been thinking about that. Or like an open mic night just to just hear people, like you said, some people just randomly leave. <laughs> yeah, you got to come. You, okay, so come out if you ever get. So I run a room in downtown Modesto at a at a bar called the Shayru Lounge. It's right there across the street from the Gallo Center. We do it one Thursday a month, the third Thursday of every month, and I bring comics in from out of town. I host it, and it's a cool show. We run it like a comedy club. It's three comedians, ones you've never heard of, smaller that I curate basically, and then it's a fun show feels like a comedy club so if you ever kind of want to feel like it but if not yeah the closest comedy clubs are in the bay area like tommy t's and um pleasanton and then yeah punchline in san francisco you know what someone needs to bring a comedy club here then right we, we need one here in the 209 i'm surprised that we haven't gotten one yet right so hey if you're if you're looking towards the future i don't know if that's that's in your mind yeah, but hey any uh <laughs> investors email me i got it i got i I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you've been in Gallo, right? So Gallo doesn't <laughs> Gallo doesn't just invite anyone there to to perform, right? So <laughs> no, we definitely have a mutual respect for one another. They they uh, they they appreciate my stand. They know that I'm funny. That I'm not just right. I'm not just <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
And I think it's really great that they support like just local talent too, right? I mean, they're not, I know that they bring in, you know, uh, uh, people from just like all around and all that. But I think it's really great that, you know, they they appreciate anything that's local, that they'll bring them in. Uh, you know, true, they might not be able to charge the like $80 they want to charge to to watch Fluffy, which I, right. I personally, I'd much rather just go somewhere else to watch them for cheaper, but... <laughs> But you know, I would love to I, a, believe me, I'd love to charge 80. No one's paying $80 to watch me. <laughs> <laughs> 25 <Yeah>. is fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he, he he makes big big money when he goes down to uh Gallo and, and other venues too, right in Fresno. I've seen him in uh yeah. Stockton and and all that. And and yeah, I mean, but you there's know a the, couple there's a couple guys at that level. Those are yeah, those are there's a couple of those that do because that's the thing. That's the comic's dream, though, is eventually they do 20 shows a year, right? You do 20 shows a year, and you're just going into 20 large theaters. You do one night in a town, you go home. If you're in a comedy club, you got to do a weekend there, five to six shows in a whole weekend, then go home. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got so, you to be more invested. that level, like Gabriel, like... He's just popping into a town, maybe doing two shows in a theater if he wants to the same night. But pretty much he just does the theater and then he's gone. It's just really cool just to know that, you know, you've been at a place that, you know, we've just seen different acts right there. Not just comedians, right? But just different people that uh, come by and and actually, I, I mean, actually decide to go to the Gallo Center, right? Because I remember when they first opened it, uh, that's one of the things that I was hoping, right, that we would see. Uh, you know, also uh, people from outside, bringing more people just from other places, just traveling over here, you know, getting more uh, for our local businesses in downtown and, and all that. So I'm really and glad it, that they did that, you know. Right. And it's such a nice, right. It's a nice, attractive venue that you can come from anywhere and have a good time. And I feel like it gets pretty, it gets pretty popping during like the holidays and stuff. People go see all the symphonies and the you know, and all the like Christmas things they do and all that stuff seems like it's pretty cool. Yeah. And there's something for everyone, right? I mean, that that's, that's another good thing about it is that they, they don't just like stick with just like, like you said, just symphonies or just doing uh, plays, right? They also want to bring in other crowds. They, they don't care who it is, right? They just want to bring in other yeah. crowds to, to the venue and, and all that. And, and, you know, just got to, appreciate venues like that that don't just stick with the, just one thing right they're they're open just to anyone coming by and you know doing whatever it is that they do facing <laughs> their talent right gotta say before uh you know we kind of end the interview here first of all you know thank you as well but i want to do one last thing because we might be getting some people that again are probably thinking about being comedians that that's something that they might pursue or maybe they're they're not really thinking about it right now but uh, again you know just hearing you and hearing the different stories maybe they're getting that inspiration being local trying to uh, you know eventually get to the gallo center here as well uh but what kind of uh, advice would you give to just anyone who is thinking about that like what what where, where do you recommend they start like give me some like venues local that you would recommend people to uh start you know doing their thing and and hopefully not run into an experience like the one that you ran into your first time <laughs> You won't now. The city's all nice now. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say, okay, so there's, I don't know if they still do it, but uh, on Sunday nights, 
there's a place in Modesto called the Queen Bean. It's a coffee house on, I forget the street it's on, but Queen Bean. They have an open mic on Sundays. I would say start go, start writing jokes that you want to tell people, you know, or write however you decide to write, you know, however you want to do it. Time out five minutes. Five minutes. That's it. That's all you need to do. I know you think you're hilarious and you could do an hour already, but just do five minutes. Because if you can't be funny in five minutes, you can't be funny for 45 minutes. <laughs> so try to find five minutes and then find an open mic. Like I said, like Queen Bean. There's also one actually just starting up at the Speakeasy at Speakeasy in uh, downtown on like Wednesdays, I think, or something like that. You have to look more into that. But and go there, man, and just show up and try your jokes in front of people and see if they're funny and just and then keep doing it and don't stop doing it because if you want to do it do it but if if you think that you're just going to show up to an open mic and you're just brilliant already and you're just going to skyrocket to the top (laughs) is uh it ain't gonna happen so just just keep going and telling jokes and having fun man and like if you love it if you fall in love with it like anything you're going to naturally just gravitate towards wanting to do more and you'll find more places. So definitely I would say just start, just go do it. Just find an open mic and just go tell some jokes, man. Yeah. And eventually we'll have a comedy club somewhere. (laughs) There needs to be, we have have enough room, I think in uh, downtown to actually have that happen. Right. I mean, you combine that with the bar, right. Get, get, get all that going on. And I don't see how it couldn't do good. Right. I mean, comedy, it's it's forever going to be there and people are never going to get tired of laughing. And there's always going to be something to joke about. Right. That's the one thing that, you know, the the jokes are never going to end. Right. Exactly. No, we're going to be especially this country. We're going to be joking about stuff until China owns it. Yeah. And even then, probably as well. I mean, people are still going to (laughs) joke. You yeah, try, try to take away our right to joke. There'll be no way. We'll trash China. <laughs> People China are still going to do some like underground, uh, underground jokes, right? Of course, <laughs> they'll find their place, right? So you know, it, it's always been there, and uh, and I don't even know when comedy got started, right? You might know more about that, but yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know the exact date, but I know definitely it's an American art form that started. It had to have been. I mean, there's. You know, you could say like some people would say like, oh, you go to medieval times and say like the jester, you know, who was joking that it could only joke with the king and, you know, about the power, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, but but the actual craft of stand up, I don't think started until like, I'm sure the 1900s, you know, somewhere. But definitely it's an American made art form. And I think that's why we're the best at it is because we're definitely like the most evil on the planet. <laughs> and so we're, you know, we're the meanest. We know how to be to be funny because to be funny i think is to be it's not good it's not like a it's i mean sometimes but like humor or like stand-up humor sometimes really like is foul you know oh. or like it's you're not usually you're not usually laughing at like uplifting things yeah that, that's kind of rare actually that you laugh at of <laughs> not i think about it <laughs> right like most jokes like if you break it down to us you're usually it's 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 usually not a good thing you know or what i mean you you're finding a way to laugh at it but it's not you know it's not nice yeah you're laughing at something that that is in uh isn't positive right but i i think that even though when people do that uh, i mean you you find something good right out of something bad 
and you make something positive right out of something negative so it ends up working out good right and and that's why that's why you got to be open to laughing at anything really right 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 yeah cool well hey gotta thank you so much for for being on i'm glad that we finally got uh, a date here coordinated too and that it was post uh, uh gallo presentation uh that, that was really sure. great hearing that and uh had no idea that that happened there but that now i know that different there things happen <laughs> yeah there. yeah so yeah the, really awesome um i guess one final thing uh, I, I should have said this before but uh, where can people follow you at, you know, give us your website, social media and, and all that so they can find out like where you'll be performing next. So it's all the same. It's Anthony K comedy. So you can go to my website, anthonykcomedy.com and then any social media, Anthony K comedy, you'll find me Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. It's Anthony K comedy. Oh, you know what? One, one thing uh, now that you also mentioned that again, <laughs> um, what does the case stand for? If you, if you, don't yeah, mind it's, answering that no not at all yeah it's crane hagen it's a german last name so i have a I'm mexican and german which i've met a lot of mexican germans over my life but uh yeah it's crane hagen so i shortened it because my whole life teachers mispronounce it. everybody messes up my last name so when i started the first two weeks in a stand-up a host was like uh, anthony Krogenhagen. i'm like oh my god this guy sucks so i just went straight to anthony k you know i was like that's easier to remember it's easier for the host it's catchy it's you know and then one time when i first was this guy this one guy he goes you should change it because you're because you're part mexican you should change it to anthony get like q u e and I was oh. like, no, no, don't, Louise, don't, I didn't want you to say, ooh, no, it was terrible advice. I was like, get out of my face. No. It's That's so awful. bad. It's funny though. Right. It's, right. <laughs> it's like dad joke funny. Right. But it's not real. No. Could you imagine if I came onto your podcast right now? And I was like, I'm Anthony K. K. Q. You'd be, I'd hope you'd be like, get out of here. I, I got a friend who has that last name though. That, that's that's his last name. But it's like, his actual last name. Th that's his actual. Yeah. I, I right, first thought it was Casada, but he's like, no, that's my last name. I was like, oh, okay, all right. But that makes sense. That's his real name. But changing mine because it's like a play on words. <laughs> it just. I'm good. I can't do that. Uh, well, yeah. I gotta say, you're the you're the first Mexican German I meet. I, I that that first time I hear that last name, and that that's that's so cool. Definitely unique. Yeah. Thank you again so much for being on here. Hopefully I get a chance to go watch you live sometime, uh, you know, whether it's here locally or when you're back at the Gallo Center, hopefully they book you back there. Uh, uh, try I try to get a, something next season. Because uh, I, I know you, you're there. You've been there already often. So, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think they'll get you back there. And, you know, I'll definitely try to make it out there if it's uh, uh, on a Saturday or Sunday. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. And uh, have a great night. Okay. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Thanks again to Anthony K for being here on the show today. It, it was really great to have our first comedian here and someone that is also representing the 209 everywhere that he goes, because as, as you all heard, he's been just all throughout the state and even beyond the state, right? Even New York as well. So really really awesome and again if you are someone who is thinking about being a comedian or you know someone who has mentioned that they're thinking about that then you know hopefully you got some inspiration there from him on where you can start and you know knowing what what the struggles are 
when you're first getting started in the comedian field as well. Once again, if you're not following us on our social medias, give us a follow. You can find the show at The 209 Journey on Facebook and Twitter. Check it out on there. Uh, I'm going to try and share more information on anything that you could do around the area too. Uh, Definitely whenever Anthony shares uh, some of the comedy shows that he'll be doing around here, I'll add him on there for you all to see. And highly encourage you to go check out his shows. Uh, I I am going to go check out a show whenever I get a chance. Uh, and and go go show your support for him. Uh, I think we have a lot of amazing comedians here in the 209. And we, as people from the 209 and even people from outside, need to support the people from here because uh, there is a lot of highly talented people that just aren't getting as much spotlight as maybe people from Southern California are. And I think it's one of those things that I constantly talk about that there's just so much going on here that not too many people know about in the area and even just in Central Valley in general. And it it needs to be known more, right? That, you know, we might not be like LA or the Bay Area that, you know, has all these touristy attractions and all that, but we do have a lot of talented people here who can make it just as big as all those stars that are from those areas so hopefully things start getting better uh, in that sense and it all starts with us being able to show our support wherever they go and sharing their content and anything that that they do on on social media there as well one last thing i really appreciate everyone for listening to the show tonight as always if you know someone who would like to be on the show or if you're someone who wants to be on the show and is from the 209 or move to the 209, then please feel free to send me a message. I'm trying to make sure that I get people from different career paths. I want to have it be a space where we learn about different people from the area. And so if you have something you'd like to share, if you have a career field and you represent us or you still live here, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your story, what it was like growing up here and what it is that you're doing now while you represent our 209. So if you haven't yet, Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to the show. Really appreciate that. A lot of places actually notify you when a new episode goes up. So if you do that, then you'll make sure that you get notified each and every time a new episode is uploaded on here. And I am going to try my best to do that one show each week on the podcast. Uh, I do apologize. I didn't have a show for the last two weeks, but... I'm going to be getting better. Uh, Things are going to get better. Uh, I have started to look around and started to try and uh, book more people on the show. So you are going to be seeing more episodes here. Uh, So be on the lookout because next week I am going to have another podcast posted. So, So stay tuned next week here on the 209 Journey Podcast. Have a great night, everyone.